This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean. Hello and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. I'm Casey McLean. Today's guest is Ronan Hirschberg. He is a buddy of mine. He has a one-man show right now called Ronamilly that he is doing. Uh, it's like every other week or something like that, once a month for free on Zoom. Check it out. We talked about, uh, I think, so I believe we talked, we did a lot of, uh, this was a, a contentious, <laughs> this was a contentious episode. We spent uh, more time than we should have probably me confronting him about ghosting me the last time he was in town. Uh, we also talked about, and this might not be interesting to everybody, but we talked about a recent article that came out um, claiming that there is a huge alt-right presence in comedy, which I disagree with. Uh, so we talked about the author of that comedy article, if you're familiar with it comedy journalism which is just so fucking embarrassing to say uh comedy journalism but if you're familiar with comedy journalism you probably either know the article or are familiar with the writer um so i hope you enjoy that if not like this uh this episode we spend a lot of time on kind of inside comedy shit so uh, i thought it was incredibly fun by the way i love ron on i think he's very very funny and uh I'm not just saying that because I'd like to hang out with him the next time he comes to Tacoma, but um, <laughs> we argue a lot in this about, we really get into it. Uh, Ronan's a great dude, and I hope you uh, follow him on Instagram and uh, and uh, Twitter at, I think it's Ronan Comedy. Uh, go to RonanComedy.com, check out his, uh, his upcoming stand-up dates. He is, I think, one of the most prolific and funny dudes that I've met, and I think you will enjoy his stand-up. Check out, he has, I think, uh, this is not even to kiss his ass, because I almost guarantee he won't listen to this, but uh, he did the, whatever the show is, Late Late Show with James Corden or whatever. I stand by this completely. I think it's the best late night set I've seen since I started doing comedy, and uh, go check that out. It's really, really funny. So... Anyway, I'm not going to bother you much longer. Follow me on uh, all social media platforms at the Casey McLean. I have a bunch of dates changing on my calendar, by the way. So go to thecaseymclean.com/calendar. If you were coming to, if you were out there coming to see me in Oklahoma City, uh, I got canceled from that gig. I canceled in. The, by the way, in this context, canceled means something different. The gig got canceled. I didn't get canceled. Uh, um. So I'm not going to Oklahoma City, but I am going to Boise at the end of March, March 25th and 26th, I think. DKCMcLean.com slash calendar. Check it out. Uh, tons of stand-up dates. I'm he- By the way, I think I'm going to try to record something in uh, August in in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. So if you're, for some reason, listening to this and you're within easy driving distance to Appleton, Wisconsin, come out. Check my calendar. I think it's August 13th and 14th. Uh, maybe it's an album, maybe it's an EP. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about what it could be. I have a lot of thoughts about burning 100% of my material, <laughs> which who knows? Um, either way, please come, uh, come out if you live in a town that I'm coming to and thank you for listening to this podcast and enjoy Ron on Hirschberg. Hey, this is the nobody likes Casey McLean podcast. 
Please check out my stand updates at dkcmclean.com. Also, follow me on all social media at dkcmclean. Check out stand up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash caseymclean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast, it's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey. What's up? How's it going, buddy? Good, how are you? Good. I'm wearing your shirt. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Is, is that did you have to wait for the dryer to finish so you could put it in? <laughs> no, it was actually the only uh clean shirt I had left. It was kind of a coincidence. Oh wow, that's funny. That's, yeah. So it's last in the rotation. That's what I've just learned. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's the only yeah, it's thing last. I can pull from that. It's uh and honestly sometimes I clean my clothes before I even get to it. But uh this was not one of those times. I guess so it's, it's in call. perfect condition. That's the yeah. It's pretty good condition. View. Yeah, I go out of my way not to wear it, but uh, <laughs> sometimes I'm forced to. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. It's a nice shirt. Thank you. I actually was. Uh, I just ordered. Not. I finally am switching merch up. So. Okay. Um, have you? Do you ever sell merch? You just sell albums, right? Yeah, like when I was on the uh, road. Um, uh, yeah, I never sold T-shirts or anything. Uh, by the way, I'm recording now, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. This is as on as I'm going to be, so that <laughs> <laughs> could be a shift. <laughs> um, the amount of energy I think you deserve for your <laughs> last minute. Uh, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, you're literally the only person I had like a slot to to. I had like a time frame. You're the only person I messaged today. Oh well, the first no, person but, I thought of, but like you know, the day of. Oh, let me get my well, yeah, let me get my, my zoom thing on. What's that? Let me get my zoom thing on. I got like a little ring light. Oh wow! The the did that make it look better? Are, I think it made it look much worse. Actually, uh, actual <laughs> fuck, really? Is that, that that much worse? This is way better than. Is this, this worse? Than, this is better right now. Whatever you well, you have right now. Well, this is the light on. But this oh, okay, is, good. Is this better than it was before I even put the light? Is this better than this? Yeah, it's a little bit better. Right, that's better. So, okay, so this is the scenario. I, I, uh, it snowed today in Tacoma. Oh wow! This, this podcast doesn't come out for like five days, but I was like, oh shit, I'm home unexpectedly. I can't work because my wife is her school is like uh -huh. operating. And so I was like, the you know, what, this is a great day to talk to my buddy Ron on, and then he just you just take it as like, oh, last minute fucking. <laughs> do you do you know anything about these blue Yeti mics? I hate them. What you do? Should I get a yeah. different mic? Uh, I mean, if you already paid for it, you should. Why do you hate it? I just don't like the way they sound. Oh, you don't like the way they. So does it not sound great? It's. Uh, I think it sounds better than like talking into your webcam mic, but just like if for well, the money, I think you could do a lot better job. <laughs> oh, like, really? You, you could get a better mic for the money. Can, is your. Well, also, it's like, I don't really like. You're supposed to put it right in front of you, right? Yeah. But then it kind of like blocks your face. 
Yeah, there, there's a. Are, are you in the return window? I could recommend you, Mike. No, but I'm in the fucking rich from unemployment money window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know of one that's like a hundred and like in the hundred area? That's really good. Yeah, I'll send you it. I'll send you. So, do you sound it. better than me right now? Well, hold on. Let me. That's actually a good question because I feel I, like I feel like you don't. But I also have it like right here, which I don't like. Yeah, I think I sound a lot better than you. Really? You sound yeah, better. We, we can put a poll up. I think I think off to the sides maybe better because then. Uh, by the way, this is just we're fucking grinding into just a hot podcast here. Oh yeah. If people haven't turned this off by now. I mean, um, I assume you have like what four just very loyal listeners. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I if this didn't deter your parents, I don't think uh, if, if anything before having to turn, I don't think this will. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll get a different mic. Yeah, because you know I'm doing a lot of Zoom shit. Yeah, the the one that I'll I'll uh, recommend to you would be good for if you're do, doing like if you want it to feel like stand up, because I, I know you do a lot of sh- you're doing a yeah. lot of virtual shows right now. It's like a handheld mic that you can also use for podcasts and shit like that. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll send oh, okay. you a link to it. Um, but then so you never hold sold... it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So you've never sold t-shirts. You have sold albums. You actually have a joke about... You did a joke. You and I did a show together in Tacoma where you did a joke about how hacks sell shirts. Wasn't it, then... wasn't it part of Off the Grid, my show about my phone being Yes, broke? yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was something like... shirts that night. <laughs> Yeah, I had a bit. I was making fun of people who sell shirts. I can't remember the. I, I feel like the bit was like it was just talking about how like a stand-up will like insert it in there. They'll be like, and then I fucked a duck, or then I punched a duck in the pussy, and then at the end of their set, they're like, and I'm selling shirts later. It's just like a picture of a, someone punching a duck in the pussy. <laughs> they're like, yeah, and everyone's like, ah, probably what he said before. But I actually, I remember when I was doing that show, I actually made a shirt of someone punching a duck in the pussy and had like a prop. I don't think it worked. I think maybe the contradiction of me calling someone else a hack, but then trying to have like a, a prop a joke. Prop. <laughs> but I feel like I don't. Did, do you remember me taking out the shirt then? Or I, I feel no, like I probably, you didn't have the shirt then. I probably had stopped using it at that point. Yeah, but I had the shirt in the act. Oh, or maybe I was selling it. Oh, you know, maybe I was selling it after the show. The duck, oh, that's the funny. Duck thing. Yeah. That is a funny. Did, so you do you think you actually sold shirts or? I think I sold maybe one or two. Oh, okay, that's funny. Yeah, just, I, I could only do it like in that pussy kind of ironically cop out way. I, you know, I, I make money. You know, and you have like kids or whatever, or one kid or yeah. like, twelve kids, or I can't keep track. But like, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, I, I don't begrudge anyone. Yeah. Uh, I just think, uh, I, yeah, I just never got my shit together enough to get shirts. Yeah, it doesn't feel good to do it. I will say that. Um, also. We, I live on the West Coast, so, like, we have space to store them. Right. That was the other thing. I, like, traveled very lightly because I didn't have, mm-hmm. a, I didn't have a, a car. And I've only recently reached the level of adulthood where I started, like, bringing an actual, like, suitcase. For years, I just had a backpack, you know, so I, like, oh, wow. just travel everywhere. So I didn't really know how to, you know, and uh, move them around. And I always thought selling albums was more of, like, the long term. Like, yeah, you make money with shirts. But the albums, that spreads the word, and that's more of a long-term thing. And little yeah. did I know, albums are completely obsolete, and shirts are way better. So Yeah, yeah bef- before I had merch, I was always like, I'm never going to sell merch until it's an album. Because that's like, you're selling your comedy, right? Like it's Right, you're not comedy. here to sell shirts, yeah. Yeah, and then the shirts, 
like one they just sell so well in comparison and right. uh two and also like i don't have an album and three like you said like first off anyone can go stream your album for free the day yeah. it comes out album became kind of pointless and you know yeah i mean i think shirts whatever i you know is it hacky yes so you need the money if you you, you, you know yeah i mean it's hacky but it's also you know it sucks to be broke and not be able to afford to do anything you know right. so yeah i mean it's like it's like you're allowed like, a certain amount of hack if you if you sure. it's not even hackiness if you need money you know yeah like if someone in a way hackiness is almost like if you're super successful and you're still selling shirts there's like a fucking hack you don't need the money but you know what i mean but like if you're starting out there's no that's just survival well you know i did work with so in that story you say Polly Shore. I know it's not actually Polly Shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about like a like a '90s hack or whatever. But I worked with Polly Shore as an MC, and I'm like a tryhard at comedy. Uh-huh. Like I, I am a tryhard, like an annoying tryhard. So I I always help if I'm MCing. I'm helping the headliner sell merch. I'm taking pictures, every uh-huh. fucking thing. And uh, and Polly Shore sells two headshots of himself. Uh, that he'll sign for you. Hmm. There, one is a low res image of him from. Oh, I don't have the cattle. One is Encino Man. Oh, and Biodome. The other one's Biodome. So Encino Man and Biodome. These two headshots. Right. One's not even a headshot. One is a headshot. One is just a low res still from the movie. Right. And uh, they're 20 bucks each. I sold. He, Polly and I combined to sell probably twenty five hundred dollars worth. And how much money did he give you? He gave me a hundred bucks, but I also filmed his set. But he also accused me of taking money because I was just like shoving. You know, it's like all happening very quickly, right? So I'm shoving it in my pockets. I had empty pockets. Mm. I completely empty my pockets out for him, and he's like, "Are you sure there's not more in there?" Wow, really? Like, <laughs> just like what? First off, like. I don't, I mean, like, I... It's like, every set you've, you've made, you don't deserve. Like, literally every <laughs> single set. So you're worried I'm stealing. None of this. You've earned none of it. Yeah. You are a piece of shit who was born into a good situation, who was annoying at the right time. You know what I mean? You were just annoying in 1992, and for some reason, uh, that was appealing to fucking half a tarred 12 year olds like you don't deserve any money there's 20 really, years later still 20 I mean, yeah, like I'm really lashing out on him but he also like he uh uh to be fair he's not there, there's nothing that he sold out from i mean it's not like that's like hacky i mean he fair. is there's no like oh this isn't the integrity he used to have you know what right. I mean? like, did you, you know. did you ever work with him really or i know i, I don't want to say i never did to... and and okay. i always felt like a piece of shit for using his name and sure. i eventually changed it actually uh, oh, okay i the the it was a true story about the story I tell. It was actually when I was working with Tom Arnold, mm-hmm. who was very nice, and I still make fun of him. The act it's a cheap joke. It's just uh, the joke is uh, what is this? Just like uh, um, I worked with a comedian. It was like a big deal in the nineties. Kind of washed up now. Let's call him Paulie Shore, right? You know what I mean? It's a very cheap joke. But when I was working on the story, I felt like I needed kind of a cheaper joke to get into the story because the story's a little nuanced and it doesn't it pops really hard at the end but kind of builds up so i just needed a little kind of like a slightly hacky thing in the beginning just to get the audience on board to what i think is one of my better bits but um 
Tom Arnold wasn't working when I said it. I would be like, uh, you know, someone washed up. It was, you know, it was, it was a big deal in the nineties. Kind of wash up now. Let's call him Tom Arnold. People were like, what? Who? They had to remember for a second. And yeah. I guess people, it's not like you know, people don't really hate Tom Arnold. So it was like, but then Polly Shore was like the easy one. Yeah. And uh, then it became a really easy joke. But yeah. it always got like a big pop. That Who did you change? Give me the confidence. No, I changed it to Polly Shore. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. You... Well. I was tr- before everything collapsed. I was trying to work it into a late night set, and uh, um, <laughs> one of the late night guys told me uh, it was actually kind of funny. He's like, "Don't don't use Paulie Shore. It's kind of punching down." And I'm like, "How's that punching down? He's a millionaire." But like, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, um, but like, it is like I think. Uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I think I changed at that point to. Uh, I just changed it to. I was opening for a. Magician at a bowling alley. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, then I had some line like, "Cause uh, sometimes dreams do come true." It was still kind of like an easy fucking intro, sure, but like sure. it was better than Paulie Shore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did this morning radio thing, uh, and they had. I actually should have just not participated. Uh-huh. Should have just. But they they were like, "Who's the worst comic you've ever worked with?" And uh, the guy I should have learned from. I worked. With, I was working with Augie Smith. Do you know Augie Smith? Yeah, I I I don't know him, but I've I've heard he's really great. Yeah, so he, so we were. Uh, he's like, ah, yeah, dude, I'm not gonna do that. And I was like, well, I have one. And then I told my my I I literally go one time I was working with Polly Shore, and then they have like a morning zoo like alarm that goes off, and it's like oh, the Jesus. Polly Shore alarm because oh, apparently Jesus. so many people have said Polly Shore that they <laughs> won't let you answer Polly Shore. Well, that's why I said Paulie Shore because I just knew he was a dick from all these stories, yeah. and I, I've heard really shitty things about him. And and I, I I have no, the thing I hate more than anything is someone who's headlining treating other the staff or people lesser than like I said lesser than them as if they're actually lesser treating treating the uh, the animals that they uh, that are opening for them, but no, <laughs> but treating like people like you know like shit. So I I didn't have any uh, I I didn't really care using. Yeah, you know? the more the more offensive thing than accusing me of taking money from him was that he left with a twenty five year old the first night, mm. which he's seventy four years old and hasn't had a hit movie since the nineties. Like, what the fuck is what yeah. is going on? But also, like, it's all what you would have expected. Yeah, every every Polly Shore is one of those things where it's like. He just lives up to everything, right? Uh, yeah. I've never met him, so I'm really speaking out of my ass here. But uh, what if I meet him once? He's just the nicest guy ever. <laughs> he, yeah, he's not so bad. Like, no, I, he's, he's, he just is what he is, yeah. Yeah, he's got some weird, like, idiosyncrasies. Like, he didn't want – this was, like, in the in the heart of the Me Too movement, and mm-hmm. he didn't want any uh, female wait staff coming into the green room. And he also <laughs> – we – so he he didn't want any other comics in the green room. Which we didn't find out until he was not at the club yet, but the show was starting. I just love the idea of him just not getting the Me Too movement on any level to the point where he's like, I understand now. I don't want women anywhere near me. Don't get in the same room. Don't employ them. Like, it's like, you know, it's not, I think you're missing the point here. (laughs) The the other, like, most Pauly Shore thing was, so no comics allowed in the green room. And uh, he was late getting to the show which i mean he wasn't like late like anyone had to go long but when the show started he wasn't there and so i was like a little bit like fuck i'm gonna have to think of the credits to give paulie shore because i can't go in the green room and i don't didn't get to talk to him and so i was gonna say father of the bride 
There's Wait. one. He was in a movie called Son-in-Law. Oh yeah, he's not Father of the Bride. <laughs> I know. I was gonna bring him up with Father of the Bride, and I was like, oh, thank God, I dodged that bullet. When well, you would look so, you would look like you were confusing him with Steve Martin. Yeah, and then <laughs> I he did give me his credits, and he I was like, oh well. I, I was like, you know, maybe he'd understand. Like, I fucked that up, dude. I he said, uh, you know him. I want you to bring up, uh, you know him from TV and movies. And I was like, you know him from. Like, I said it like slightly wrong, and he called me into the green room after the show, and he's like, I need the exact wording: TV and movies. <laughs> Which is hilarious because, like, oh, so but he didn't want it specific. He just want you know TV and movies. Yeah, but I think I think I said you know him from TV and the movies, and he's like not the movies, TV and movie. Like it was like very like like weirdly specific. It's like weird when wording. certain people uh, have very specific like uh, introductions, even though literally everyone there is there for whatever like for those specific. Like, you, don't, know. you don't have to say anything. You just say give yeah. it up for Paulie Shore. Um, like you don't have to say from TV and movies. Yeah. Uh, my other, so my other, this is the most Polly Shore thing of the whole thing is, uh, at some point, like third show, he like beckons me into the green room. He has like the manager tell me that he wants me in the green room. Uh-huh. I think it might've been, it was like to change something about his intro is what I thought. And then I walk in and he's on his iPad watching the episode of South Park. That's about Polly Shore. <laughs> and, That's then, hilarious. and then this is like right when trump got elected too and he had made like an animation of that i think ended up on his instagram and he's like i'm gonna let you sit and watch part of this with me <laughs> like, okay it was called like the weasel goes to the white house i think it's on his instagram and i got to watch like i say got to i watched like four of the nine minutes or whatever that it was I mean, yeah, it's not his fault that he's so crazy. He was like the the son of the the woman who one of the biggest gatekeepers ever. So he just had his ass kissed by comics like yeah. his whole childhood. You know what I mean? Just fucking David Letterman being extra polite to him or whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's not like a surprise. That he's, I feel you know. like you might have some dates at the comedy store coming up, and you just uh, realize. How... <laughs> <laughs> well, you always see. You can always tell how little someone thinks your people will listen to your podcast by. How how, how 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 much of a risk they say? Like uh, I'm not gonna I'm not I don't want to say I don't uh, think your podcast has a lot of followers, but uh, I was about to use the N word at one point without any fear of consequences. <laughs> oh, that's, I, I want to talk to you about that because you have had like jokes. I know you're like a, a very liberal guy, but you've had jokes that would be like not they wouldn't meet the wokest standards of today and that seth simon's article came out oh uh, yeah a couple days ago so fucking lame that article yeah well let's talk off, about that i haven't talked, i want to talk about it, actually okay well first yeah. off i want to i want to bring up this is like a, an interesting moment for me it was uh december 31st new year's eve was the last time i saw you i believe of 2019 yeah i was like this is how yeah i was in like tacoma for like two months and i didn't see (laughs) well to be fair there's a pandemic there's a there was a pandemic and uh i think we both ghosted each other at different points for for the record i think you did yeah by the way we did make like firm a day like let's hang out this day and then you just never texted me back for for oh really yeah i think so i think so my wife is like uh, my wife was like mad at you on my behalf 
I thought um, you just said we both ghosted each other. Well, no, and then after that, you were like, no, let's hang out before I leave. And then I just was like, ah, it's like, you know. Oh, um, were you trying to ghost me back? I ghosted you, really? No, I didn't, I didn't do it, like, like spitefully. I just was, <laughs> it was, I, like, I was spending a lot of time with my family, so I didn't yeah. want to have introduce any jewish bacteria into my <laughs> but no so so new year's eve you you told me that i was included in a seth simons article which is funny to me because one i stand by the point i didn't delete the tweet like i stand by the point i made in it i too like nothing happened at all mm -hmm. i didn't know for three weeks that i was in the article i just looked this up the other day because i was uh like what was reading. the article? I, I, mean, I thought he tagged you in something. Or... Yeah, he put no. He put um. He wrote an article. It was actually the one about the like the oh, comedy seller. Included some Twitter thing you got in. Uh, yeah, I just I sent a guy a message. So a yeah. guy tweeted like club comedy is code for white supremacy, and then he 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 shared a link from this database that Maria Bamford was maintaining or whatever. I'm sure paying someone to maintain, but it was like it was actually really a cool database because it had like the bookings for like 55 comedy clubs for three months and then the demographics. So he used this as evidence. And then like black dudes, black dudes were overrepresented by like a lot yeah, yeah. among. <laughs> and so like, I just said, but like, dude, I think it seems I've worked with uh, many funny women on the road. Like, I think it seems horrible to be a woman doing comedy on the road, but I like, I just don't think there's a good argument for white supremacy. And then he I also, yeah. And then he like he like basically made it so he's like black men can benefit from and take part in white supremacy and also white supremacy is rooted in misogyny. And then I was just like, okay, so he's just saying like the word that he used doesn't mean anything, and he can just say anything means the word that he meant. Even well, it's, it's such a, like a, to say white supremacy just because you think they're not like club like clubs. It's just such so many abstract ideas here without yes. any like any like specifics to reality it's well, just then like he presented proof against himself that's the thing that and so i just like and then he told me that uh he's like uh also i'm don't you know that i'm first off i don't even know who this guy is but he's like don't you know that i hate being white splained to or something like that and uh i was like okay like I, so this is the, this is what it is is like the point is bad because i'm white like yeah, it's it's very it's yeah, I don't get it. I think Seth Simons is like legitimately like like people who support and I've seen comedians lately support him because they, yeah. they follow his they agree with his ideology about white supremacy in the comedy club world, which is once again just I mean, it's just such a generalization. It's like it's not it's such a generalization. It's not even worth like, you know, you're, you're like, you know it's not even worth talking about. It's just like, what do you, I mean, there's so many different club owners. They're all different. And right. in terms of saying they're white supremacists, I just don't understand. But like, but outside of that, like I've seen comedians lately support him and like mm -hmm. share the article because it supports their ideology, which if you share that article and you support it as someone who's like a son of a journalist, who's always respected journalist integrity, like it is so infuriating to see people share his article because he is an awful journalist to the point where he mm -hmm. should be sued. Like he literally at one point says, talking about David Smith and uh, the, uh, 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 what you call it? Legion of Skanks, whatever you feel about them. I don't give a yeah. shit. All right. I just want to write jokes. I don't care about all these fucking fights. And they're typically fights between comedians who honestly are just not writing material a lot of times, but like, 
he said about David Smith, he literally said in the article, David Smith, comma, a Nazi sympathizer, comma, and then just goes on. <laughs> it's like, it is so infuriating just in terms of journalism, just to see him say that without any information to back yeah. it up. It, it, out of a, just from a journalist perspective, it is so offensive to not have any information to back it up and also not mention he's Jewish. He's fucking right. Jewish, David Smith. So like to say that is such an offense to journalism and for yeah. anyone to be so into their own fucking ideology where they're going to ignore that they're helping perpetuate and, and put a spotlight on bad journalism, which is equally part of this fucking world of misinformation that both sides are guilty of. Obviously, Republicans are more guilty in many ways, but we that doesn't mean we should excuse ourselves. It's fucking mm -hmm. infuriating. If you're a comic and you support that, you fucking suck. You fucking suck. And you're not for journalism. You're not for you're not for like actual integrity. You're for your own fucking view, and you're a fucking fascist. Yeah, that's the. I actually that, that's. Uh, I feel like we are headed in the world towards like a more authoritarian government, and it's just like a coin flip to me which side it's coming from. Like I don't. I, I mean, I, I do think like clearly, the misinformation is a lot bigger with the right wing. I definitely think that. I mean, I, but that I doesn't excuse that doesn't excuse like deliver like justifying misinformation on the other side just because it's similar to your ideology. But you I'm know? not even talking when I say authoritarian. I'm not really talking about like the misinformation. I'm talking about like the harshness of punishments for shit like this. Like, like first off, I agree. He completely has devalued the word Nazi by by yeah. saying this Jewish guy who I'm, I'm not even going to examine or give the reader any information. You just have to go along with me that this Jewish dude is a Nazi sympathizer. Nazi is a very important word. Yeah. You know what I mean? It means something very specific. It is not a general term. And right. to say that this dude is a Nazi sympathizer is just so insane. It's the I mean, same. It's, it's like just, white supremacy. Just to not have information to back that up right. is, first of all, it just seems like libel. It seems like he should be sued. Like is that not yeah. libel just in an article? Is there no is there no like rules for journalism? Like is it not? I mean, wasn't it published in a fairly respectable? I don't know, New Republic. I don't know what that is. But I don't know what it is. Either. It seems I to mean, get published in things that are I've heard of. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and they do it because he's very clickbaity, but he is a fucking moron, and he's mentally ill. And the fact that people indulge in him is fucking gross. Yeah. Well, I think that the the other thing too is, I think. Have you ever heard, like, to me, when people will say, like, oh, I wish you had the courage to stand up for whatever, like, you know, this thing that everyone agrees with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I wish you had the courage to stand up for Black Lives Matter or whatever. Or, like, they don't say this to me, but it's actually more courageous to go, like, this – I think that comedians should be allowed to, like, say whatever they want when most, like, commenters disagree. Right, like the people who are yeah. writing these articles disagree. I think most most comedians, or at least a large enough portion of comedians, probably do agree. But like, there's a lot of momentum behind his, like his worldview or his view of comedy. Yeah, it's fascist. I mean, if if Legion of Skanks want to have a podcast where they're not inciting violence mm -hmm. or inciting like you know things that are against are not part of free speech as you know, but they're just making really tasteless jokes and they have a following who listen to them. 
what the fuck is your problem? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just not like you're you're wanting everyone to subject to what you agree with. And that's yeah. not and, and and it is things are complicated. Trump has abused like what Trump has done. It's actually not that I mean, Trump has incited violence. It's actually not even that complicated, but he has mm. obviously manipulated the idea of free speech. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like to say, like, yeah, just like it's just once you say there's white supremacy in the comedy club, you're not making an argument. You're you're right. you're you're shaping the world in this in this view of good versus evil. And there's no right. I think the other thing about the white supremacy argument that bothers me is like, first off, these are people who clearly would never walk into like a black comedy show, whereas yeah. the audience is predominantly black and all the comics are black. And if they did. They would they would come out as hypocrites if they supported it because that's like the shit that happens there is like mainstream comedy like it's it's like the yeah. shit that ha like he's not well, advocating black people for also black people. part of the patriarchy and white supremacy right. and the only one breaking free from that is me this white guy who yes who's just right about everything like somehow white people have have like. They've literally somehow said they're less racist than other people. Like they've like they somehow like have have it's it's like their own version of colonization. You know what I mean? It's like they've colonized now ideas and like they've colonized yeah. self righteousness and, and 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 justice. And they're like, we hate white people so much, we're gonna fight white people more than anyone. White people yeah. are the best. You know, like it's it, it's its own. Yeah, it's like an insane. It's an insane concept. And like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like every comedy club is different. There's not a fucking, they're not all run by some kind of organization. Like each comedy club is talk about a comedy club, I guess talk about specifics, but even those specifics are like bizarre. It's just like, yeah, it's just, you know, basically there's a lot of comedians who like irreverent. There's a lot, some comedy club owners who like really irreverent shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And there is some overlap between some really irreverent people and some fucking trolls who are like, can, you know, be right wing, but not all right. of them are like that. Some of them are just fucking irreverent. You know what I mean? And it's like, but I, I yeah. I, I, and he lists, he also just lists all these other comics just cause they were like in the same room as the person or on the same stage, you know? Right. He's like Bob Woodward. If Watergate was, um, just Nixon being in the same room as someone that Bob Woodward hated. You know, <laughs> basically, yeah. Like he's done that to my friends where he'll like talk about a club a show they did that was maybe indoors, but you know, legally, you know, socially distanced for whatever reason. And he'll like mention all the comics on the show. And it's like these aren't fucking these are struggling comics trying to work, trying to make money. And right. it's like you're just outing you're just outing everyone. But then again, his whole purpose is for us to be annoyed. So this is all fucking part of it. He yeah, is, well, that's you know that. So that's happening out here right now. There's uh, there's like producers, unnamed producers, secretly blacklisting people because they're performing live right now. Which, first off, what are the fucking chances that person was going to book me anyway? Like, it's right. I I guarantee you, I've never been booked by any person that did that. I do want to read a tweet to you of mine so that because it goes. I said uh, this is, is that any live or just indoors or any live. Uh, well, we don't have a lot of outdoor right now because the weather's shitty. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just in person. So it's uh, my tweet is, I know a white person who never tweeted about Black Lives Matter or the oppression of black people until June 1st uh, and is now calling BLM his community and talking about 
uh, how he is making a difference by complaining online, proving there is nothing white people won't colonize. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I your tweet. That's my tweet. And uh, then I quote tweeted it. Joke, that, similar to your tweet. This is a real rock bottom for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then on June, so that was on June 1st that he tweeted about it for the first time. On June 25th, he hadn't tweeted about anything Black Lives Matter or racial oppression or anything like that for two weeks. Right. It's like it was like he summer he took like a vacation in in uh in activism. Man, nothing kills a conversation like bringing up a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> really just killed the momentum there. Well, it's like this tweet I wrote. <laughs> okay, I would rather you just show me your dick. Um <laughs> Oh, but we're going to get to that later, by the way. I uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of white douchebags who definitely tried to be really loud during blm and and take over especially fucking idiots in seattle who tried to like make it more about their views their their own fucking issues yeah that happened a lot uh white people suck and uh and you know i mean i yeah i just fucking hate seth simons i just i mean i i've always seen him as someone mentally ill but then like jeselnik shared the article and i don't know why he did that but like it's just like I'm starting to realize this guy's actually getting respect and that's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually sent him, I was, so he was on the comedy seller podcast and I listened to him. Yeah. I thought it was like, I mean, I I think there's maybe differing views on this. I thought it was like pretty, uh, there was a lot of integrity to have him on the podcast to talk about the article and not just talk about him without him there. Um, but he said he got death threats for the for some of the like articles he's written, and I sent him a thing. I was like, "Hey, man, I disagree with you on almost everything, but I don't think you should get death threats." Like, yeah, I, obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm like a free speech true believer, which is that I think he should be able to say what he wants without facing violence, and I think that comedians should be able to make jokes without like having their fucking family doxed or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously there's a lot of douchebags who are on the internet who trolled him, but that doesn't mean he's not also a douchebag. Right. Like, you know, a lot of arguments seem complicated. They get, you know, fights between people, they get a lot less complicated when you just realize both parties are fucking annoying and and, douche, and douchebags, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a... you know, maybe they're right about each other on some level, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um. When you, when you were speaking of uh, t- me taking my dick out for you, I remember when the stuff with Louis. By the way, we can cut this out if you want. If you if this makes you real quickly, I'm not saying there isn't like an alt right shit in comedy. I'm not saying that. I hope that's clear. Like, well, do you think I'm there's... just saying like supporting something without any journalistic integrity is not helping the problem? Well, I actually think that alt right though is. It's such a lazy, what's happened is the same thing with Nazi, right? As we go, okay, we all agree that it's okay to punch Nazis, right? We all agree it's okay to punch Nazis. And we're like, yeah, I guess. Like, I wasn't thinking about it, but sure, punch a Nazi. And then you go, okay, well, now you're a Nazi, just so you know. I'm not, right, like, like we, we take this thing and we go, we all agree on this. Now let's broaden the definition of this to the point that we can start, like, culling the people we don't agree with or like. And that's my problem is, like, I know one comedian who was part of the Proud Boys and he got fucking like nobody lets that dude just like go on stage and scream hate speech. That's not right. happening. So I don't know that like the idea that there's a lot of comedians <coughs> that, are, that are all right. Thank you, by the way. That's we needed a run on sneeze <laughs> right into the uh, I 
Yeah, the idea that there's like a ton of actual alt-right comedians, I think, seems unrealistic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's all there's obviously a lot of alt-right people in the country, so a lot of com you know, some comedy fans are going to be alt-right because there's all sorts of comedy fans. But in terms of comedians, I don't know. Like, yeah, I feel like you kind of know the ones who, you know, are a little, you know, it's like Nick DiPaolo. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It's like um, – it gets a little blurry when someone who's just like kind of sometimes some people can't tell the difference between like racist and like really insensitive. Someone who's just yeah. kind of an asshole. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? And also like they can't tell the difference between sarcasm and genuine statement or they're willfully ignoring yeah. the fact that it's sarcasm because it benefits them in that moment too. But, but, but really at the end of the day, I just think like believe whatever you believe, but do not support something that is, journalistically such a fucking sham you know what i mean yeah by someone who's literally just like i guess if you don't know him like everyone in new york knows he's like mentally ill right and just like creates this drama but then i guess the problem is then he moves on to like bigger like a bigger uh national appeal and then people don't know that so they think he's fucking insane and now this crazy person has like you know is getting shared by like actual people and now this you know fucking Crazy person who literally, when he canceled Shane McGillis or Shane Gillis, I always wanted to get no Gillis. No, when he, when he, <laughs> or not canceled, when he brought up the video of Shane Gillis, he literally on his Twitter the next day goes, All right, now that I have these new followers, follow my bird poetry here. Like he shamelessly, it's the shamelessness of it was so yeah. infuriating. Like it, not simply that he's doing this to get attention his own father he's bringing someone else down to get his own father whether he whether you thought shane gillis deserved to be on snl or not his motive for doing that was to get his own follower for sure and that is annoying enough but then the, the shamelessness to act like that's not even something you should be embarrassed by is so insane like the fact that he's just like here's all right now that i have new followers follow this thing it's like uh it's like a disgusting society yeah, it's like it's like a sound it's like like the thing where someone goes viral and they're like, here's my SoundCloud, but yeah. on a scale on a scale where nobody's like taking like, that SoundCloud we, and using it to make policy or whatever. bringing someone down. It's just like, and, and, you know, I'm not, I don't know the Shane Gillis thing. It's not, you know, it's not my, you know, it was SNL decision. You know what I mean? And if there's sure. cast members, once the videos are out, if there's cast members who feel uncomfortable, you know, I'm not, I'm, who, I'm not, I don't run SNL, but, I will say it's, it, we shouldn't ignore the motives of the person who brought us this video of Shane. Yeah. We shouldn't What's ignore that? the fact that someone literally just went through an old podcast, looked and found a video just to like, we, that's like a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. Well, it's also that it's that first we came poem, the like first they came for or first they came poem where it's like first <laughs> they came for the Jews and I didn't say anything because I'm not Jewish. Mm -hmm. Uh then they came for the whatever and I didn't say anything because I'm not whatever. Like, that's the way I feel about it is like, I don't want to do the comedy, the like. Not a ball to compare this whole thing to the fucking Holocaust right in front of a Jew, buddy. <laughs> You're like that woman who just got fucking uh, canceled on Star Wars. Oh yeah, no. Well, hold on. This isn't this isn't that crazy of a of a comparison. Oh, uh, well, what, what did she say? She said, "What's the difference between being a Jew in the '30s and like being attacked for your political beliefs now?" Who is this woman? Uh, Gina Carano. Which is insane because it's like a Jewish is not a political belief. 
Right. If it was, I, Jews are good arguers. If it was, they could have talked their way out of Auschwitz. <laughs> All right, so this is how the poem goes. It starts yeah, out with socialists. Trade I'm not reading you a goddamn poem. I'm just right. telling you the, the order. It goes socialist, <laughs> trade unionist, and then Jews. Yeah. I'm sorry I went Jews first. It's the only one I remembered. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, is, like, these people doing offensive jokes are making it so that me, who's doing a lot less offensive jokes, don't have to face, like, you know, a fucking dickhead in Tacoma uh protesting outside of a comedy club over jokes and i think right. like like that's the maybe i don't want to do the kind of comedy they do but i def i would defend it uh because i think that it's like it's they're not stopping at shane gillis obviously right yeah and um no i agree and i and it's complicated because shane gillis is truly hilarious he's like a really right. funny guy and uh I think of, you know, from what, from little, I know I'm a very nice guy, but like, uh, but yeah, I mean, I do. It, it sucks that like, it sucks that like, there's like the crazy, like, like far left people who like hate really like offensive, you know, hate that jokes go into a certain area, but the ones who are really defending jokes a lot of times also go like too far. Yeah. It's like, you wish you just wish like, you know, because they're like, you shouldn't be able to say you know, everything's white supremacy. And then the guy going, fuck you. This joke where I was in blackface and fucking <laughs> baby on stage is just a joke. And then you're like, all right, can we can we have sane people? Someone said um, someone told me, like they said, the battle right now isn't between the left and the right, but the uh, like fucking. Uh, extreme and like everyone else, the extreme. Yeah, I think I know who told you that because he's my favorite comedian, and I've heard him say it on podcasts. Oh yeah, it was Joe List, but yeah, I, he maybe didn't even a podcast he didn't with even, you. Oh really? Well, he didn't. It wasn't he, someone you else stole his material, dude. <laughs> um, but so like, so like it. It's just like, uh, yeah, I hate I hate extremes. I I have always followed the Aristotelian, uh, the golden, the mean, the Aristotelian mean, the golden mean. All extremes are evil. The answer lies. Virtue is the middle point between two extremes. That's a uh, Aristotle was that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It didn't bring it to a halt like you've been accusing me of for the past fucking forty-five minutes. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, okay, the uh, my daughter's like is uh, stirring on this monitor. I'm, I'm watching. Shut the fuck up. Important <laughs> podcast. So I I want to make sure that we talk about a couple things before yeah. I have to go. One is, uh, you told me a couple of years ago. I uh, I was like we were talking about uh, working with Louis and what you would do if you were given the opportunity to work with Louis. Mm -hmm. And I and I said like, I think at the time especially it would have been radioactive here to uh -huh. work with Louis. Uh, but like like morally I'd be okay with it, but it would be like very much radioactive. And I think you told me like, fuck any comedian that uh, gets mad at you for like working for making money. And then you've since like done some shows with Louis. I did one. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done you're my... his <laughs> primary opener. You sleep in the same hotel room on the road. You book his, his travel. I, I, I opened for Joe list once on a show in like pennsylvania and we had to drive there and like louis drove us he was on the show yeah i mean i don't know i uh it's everyone's call i mean it's every whatever what it feels comfortable i mean i personally you know i 
I think what Louie did was wrong, and I think he's been punished. Yeah. That's what I think. And I think it's like insane to think he hasn't been punished. Mm-hmm. And I know he's been punished because he's a millionaire and I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. So I know he's been punished. <laughs> so like I think it's insane to act That's like he hasn't. Point. Like he hasn't been punished. It's like you're like, he's gotten away with everything. And it's like, would you be him right now? No. Well, then maybe he hasn't got away with it. So I yeah, yeah. I think he did. Obviously, I what he did was wrong, but I think he's I don't know. I think he's paid for it. And um I'm I'm you know, I still need to do gigs and yeah, I don't know. Uh yeah, yeah I don't begrudge people for trying to make, you know, everyone should make their own choice, obviously, but like uh yeah. um Well that's I mean nobody like nobody in their right mind would say that you're wrong for turning down work. Like it's fine to turn down whatever work you want. What yeah. I'm talking about is like persecuting people for I, having different morality than you. I guess when it comes to the Louis thing, it's kind of like if you if you're saying you don't think anyone should work with him, what you're essentially saying is you don't think he should do comedy anymore. Mm-hmm. And where I stand, and maybe I'll get in trouble for this, but where I stand is what he did was fucked up. He's clearly paid for it, but to think that the punishment should be the thing he's great at, that he's is his artistic outlet for him to never do that artistic outlet ever again. If you think that's ultimately the punishment, I think that punishment is too far. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, so I, yeah, that's how I feel about it. And I think, I think the world is dying and I think there's bigger issues. Yeah, for sure. I think there's like so much, there's a lot of hypocrisy for people who are like against the death penalty, but are like thrilled when someone they disagree with dies. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you're doing a let, let's talk about the one man show because you have is it I've, I think I've asked you this before but is it your third one man show? Uh, I think it's like my fifth. Holy maybe. shit! Really? Ah, uh, wait, hold on. Yeah, I've seen off the grid. What were the ones besides that? I did a show about movies called Crying Behind 3D Glasses. I did a show about losing my virginity called Please Someone Fuck Me. I did my my first album was like a solo show called Self Helpless. And then, yeah. And then this. Um, so first off, I watched the, by the way, can I tell you the, the pretense to have an intermission on a Zoom show? Uh, <laughs> you asshole. Did you watch the show? I watched, uh, oh, yeah, you sent, you sent me the audio from it because i watched just the first half i haven't gotten to the second half i'm sorry i was i had a lot of motivation to and then it took like a week and i was uh lost all motivation yeah i mean it's a long show but but you know i intend this i imagine as a show with an intermission in the theater so it's like you know structurally Mm -hmm. that's how i imagine it you know i I, look i love Stuart lee and uh he's used intermission in a really interesting way and the, the way the structure of the show is an intermission. And honestly, it needs an intermission. Like, I need a break, personally. You know? Sure. No, I, I was, I mean, obviously, I'm just, I'm just joking. But, you know, you're right. obviously the insecurity, you know. Yeah, well, that's actually the thing, though. What's funny to me about that is you have the insecurity about hearing someone make fun of you about the intermission, but not the insecurity to go, I'm doing a one-man show. I'm doing nine, a 90-minute one-man show on Zoom. And that's like the, I mean, first off, I don't. it's not like I have a 90-minute one man show chambered 
yeah. but even like going like i want to work on material on zoom i'm just like no one's gonna show up i'm gonna be doing it to my mom and my fucking wife downstairs in my house uh it's gonna suck i'm not gonna get the reaction i want uh so i mean like you know you gotta take those risks you know i mean yes. it actually helped me i i i, I wrote the show out right before the pandemic and i had it in my head for a while oh cool and it was really hard for me to like it was a show where i actually didn't have to memorize it and it was really daunting actually to um do that like i actually put off doing it on stage so mm. zoom gave me an opportunity to actually kind of like you know memorize it in kind of a very low you know it's actually a much more comfortable situation you know it's just like an intimate zoom setting because that's that's the thing that's tough too is you know, I have like, let's say 45 minutes of material, but that's taken, you know, years of failure and cutting, you know, cutting entire bits. It's not the first 45 minutes of material I ever wrote. There yeah. was a bunch of failed material along the way. And that's the thing that's scary about, to me, the, even the idea of writing a one-man show is starting down the path and going like, well, this fucking sucks. And I'm 45 minutes into it. Well, I mean, that's my one-man shows have a lot of comedy in them so it's it's not like you don't consider them comedy shows they're comedy shows yeah they're comedy shows yeah yeah so it's like not like i mean so what's it i guess what i'm saying is what's the difference between you doing an hour or doing a one-man show in terms of worrying that it sucks um because it's like if you're doing because the one-man show is like that's the bit you're doing like one bit the whole show with a lot yeah, of jokes in it, 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 it yeah, I guess so, but it's not. If, listen, if, if I'm failing, like... if I'm failing, I can just go into my story about working with Tom Arnold on the road. Right. So eventually, I guess if you do comedy long enough, eventually you stop. Um, stop. Ha I think stop thinking in terms of, I don't know, maybe the, the safety net of going into old, you know? I mean, not now. I guess I do that too a lot, but like, um, yeah, maybe that's what's cool about one man shows. You are committing to something, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's why I think like, to me, it's a tightrope. That's what I'm saying is like, I think that the, the idea is daunting because like I'll write a bit and it's like, I'm like, holy shit for a four minute bit. That's fucking great. It feels like you'd have to write a 90 minute bit basically. Um, I'm trying to think uh i mean do you did you see off the grid as like a 90 minute bit or an hour long bit um kind of yeah like i think it's it's like uh i mean you know in like if in in like a stand-up sense i think it's like you know a long goldman bit or something like that well there's, yeah i mean there's I guess certainly like risk, many but... jokes in the middle but there's like yeah it's all one I guess, yeah 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 no for sure i guess yes it is a risk but that's the risk of having something that's more focused. You know, that, I mean, I, I like both, I like both aspects. I like stand up. I like, I think it's fun to be able to say whatever you want and go to different places, but I like the cohesiveness of a solo show. I like, I like it not being fragmented. That's, that's, uh, that's something I like doing. So it's, there's a risk, but there's also a payoff, which is that right. it's fucking about something. You know what I mean? Uh, and, yeah. you know, and I like the, you know, I, I, I'm a screenwriter. I try to be a screenwriter, so I've always liked the cohesiveness of a movie. And for stand-up, has always seemed very fragmented to me. And like in a way where it's like, you know, I want things to be about something. So I I, I find it to have like a big payoff, you know. So do you when you sit down to write that? Like, what is the? Because again, like 
to develop 45 minutes, I've taken several years and pieced shit together and do it in different orders and stuff, which is like not an option when you're telling a story, right? Like, I mean, there uh, may be a little bit of like uh, timeline shifting you can do, but they've all been different. I mean, when I was first doing solo shows, a lot of it was I actually did develop a decent amount of material like on its own, just separately. And then there's this moment where I was like, hey, I could piece these all together into an idea for a show and then add, you know, more in that direction. So that's like retroactively kind of creating the show. Um, like, uh, like my first show about movies, it was about, I mean, the story is about this girl who I was pregnant, who it might've been mine. I didn't know. And at the same time I was watching Jurassic Park in theaters and it, it, it was like its 25th year anniversary. And it was my favorite movie. Jesus, how old are you? I'm old. And it was, it was uh, what, what do you mean? Because Jurassic Park came out when I was like a third oh, no, grade. No, no, no. Like I was watching the 25th year anniversary. It was in theater. <laughs> I mean, get a girl pregnant when I was eight. But so, like, I'd watch in theaters and it didn't hold up the way I remembered it. And then it came the idea of a show where I'm like waiting to see if this kid is mine, which is like a big part of growing up. And then watching this movie that didn't really hold up. And then as I'm waiting, going through these older movies to see if they hold up. But as I thought of that, I was like, the reason I thought of that is because I have a lot of jokes about different things not holding up, different movies. So I retroactively could incorporate it into that story and then add other stuff. For this show, I just wrote it completely from scratch. Um, so it was much different. So I, I really did just kind of write it. I didn't really retroactively build on it. But, you know, um, I uh, did you like what you saw? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I think it's like the thing that impresses me is – the fact that you haven't done it on stage and I've done, you know, 10 or so Zoom shows and one of the challenges of Zoom is that the it's hard to get the timing because sometimes when the audience laughs, it like, like just because of the technology, it takes the yeah. it fucks your mic up and and all that stuff. I thought it was I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed off the grid. I thought that uh it's unfortunate that you didn't get like a great video of it because i think that what a thing to release right now right i know i fucking regret it yeah um i, I should have filmed it beforehand and now i'm like moved on to this other show but like uh yeah maybe i'll still try to film it but um yeah i mean yeah i like i like doing that i like doing both they're both because they, you also do by the way you do like a you have a valentine show that's gonna have happened before this comes out but it's like you well that's just stand up you know I understand, but it's like jokes with some kind of theme. You also yeah. do the 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 Jewy we've done it together the Ron on Super Jewy Christmas special, I believe. That's like you know I don't know how much overlap there is between that and then your like normal act, but that's like a lot of fucking well. Content, the, man. the thing is, is like if you're just doing stand up and you're not a draw, there's really no marketability. Come see this right. guy do stand up. You know what I mean? Typically, the way it works is it's like come see, you know, Louis C.K. do stand up. You know what I mean? So like it, it's it's easier right. to be marketable if you actually have a show because then you can like actually possess an idea. You know? Oh, that's interesting. So I I, I remember I I would go on the road doing off the grid and I would get a decent amount of people at shows. They didn't know who I was, but I used the the, the concept of the show intrigued them. You know? That's interesting. That's uh, I think maybe. it's great to do, yeah, and I think it's good too because stand up so much of stand up is being unemotional or not being vulnerable, and solo shows do 
the challenge of each one is there are parts where I have to be like vulnerable and that's a hard thing to do. And you have that stand up voice in your head going, don't do this. You're a fucking pretentious douchebag. We're so fucking cynical that we think being vulnerable is the same thing as pretentious. And yeah, so no, when I do a solo show, it allows me to kind of, it's almost like it allows me to break free from those, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, I don't know, feeling. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's not right. Uh, I just drank some matcha tea. Say, what did you say? Am I talking too much? I just drank. No, some- you're good, man. I, uh, you're, you're very. By the way, oh, can so you're doing a movie podcast with uh, Joe List? Um, that's it's fun. I've uh, listened to some of them. Oh, it is weird. By the way, you've you had like the biggest career ascent in advance of this pandemic of anybody that I know, which is <laughs> you do. James Corden, you release an album, you get passed at the Comedy Cellar, you're on Comedy Central, and then the pandemic happens, basically. Yeah. That's maybe not in that exact order, but like roughly that, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, and But now, like, you're living my dream because Joe Liss is my favorite comic, and you uh, talk to him roughly weekly about movies. Well, I mean, the fact that your dream is to just talk to someone about movies is... Uh... Well, I, I might talk about sports <laughs> instead, but... Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm very like I'm so I've been on multiple occasions it's been cool to be like oh that's like I know Ronan like uh that's yeah it's it's a it's weird how comedy gets you so close like the, to think that I was talking to somebody else about this uh recently like the people the comedians that I'm one degree of separation from is like all of them yeah like I know you and you've done a show with uh, Louis CK, or you've like, you live in New York, you've done shows, I'm sure with a ton of people, everybody, you know, the comedians that I know that live in New York have done shows with the best comedians in the history of comedy. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's like really crazy. And to watch, like, I've really enjoyed watching multiple things you've done, not to say that I'm taking any credit for them myself. Uh, but then like, you just have this, uh, movie podcast and i've thought about this i have a story about you at the movies uh when we saw hail caesar no we didn't see hail caesar we saw knives out oh right right no hail caesar was was uh someone else um we saw knives out together yes i mean i hated it um i don't think you hated it completely then i was i actually think you liked it more than me but there was this moment i hate that movie did, was i like did i have a different opinion when i came out i think you you liked it i mean I, I think you certainly watch movies differently than i do so i think there were things about it that you liked that i probably didn't even notice but uh yeah you're an enormous fan you wrote a you wrote an entire <laughs> blog post i can't stand that movie yeah but maybe maybe my hatred kind of seeped in later on <laughs> by the way now that we were talking about pretense you did a a funny thing. We tried to get uh, your phone to connect to my Bluetooth, and instead, we just listened to your album on your phone, uh, like the the tracks before we it was driving, when we were driving to the... something like. That. I, mean, I think we were we were parked eating uh, pokey actually, and you. Oh, yeah. uh... <laughs> but, <laughs> but so... <laughs> which sounds so much more like a prick move than it actually was. We were doing. Uh... Do we see it at the theater, like right by the river, right by? The, I mean, right by the um, what do you call it? the the condos on the water? 
Um, no, I don't know. We saw it at, uh, it was called Lakewood town center. Okay. It was a different place. Okay. Yeah. So, but anyways, the thing that you did that I still think about, cause I don't know, it's like, I can't figure out if it was because you're such a present person or if you're the least present person I've ever Definitely met. Definitely the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the urinal and you were very much like a, the conversation does not stop in the bathroom person. Yeah. And, uh, you're, we're peeing at, uh, urinals that are next to each other and all of a sudden i look down and there's just a stream of piss like running away from me like (laughs) (laughs) i still don't understand what happened because you're just like (laughs) you you just entirely missed the urinal and we're peeing directly i I know like a full piss went into the wall because you were looking at me. I know I'm such a, like, I'll like do like a solo show with an intermission and then I'm (laughs) fucking moron. (laughs) And then, (laughs) yeah. Uh, what an intermission in that piss would have saved a janitor. (laughs) I'm such a clown. Uh, I burned my fucking eye while cooking the other day, literally almost blind to myself. I don't know if it's there anymore, but the hot load of grease hit me right in the fucking eye while I was cooking. That's funny. Um, Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a clown and yeah, uh, that's hilarious. (laughs) I also love that. I don't think you remembered it until this moment. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, do you still take baths every bad day? Memory. I have bad, I have bad memory. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're not important to me. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, I mean, like, but, but, actually, I was thinking about this. Do you know, you, I'm sure you know comedians like this that uh, they always want to, like, play up how damaged and mysterious comedians are. Yeah. And what I found is that the only times comedians actually live up to that, because I think most of the time we're just like boring introverts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when another comedian dies is when like the real like perversion of what makes comics comics comes yeah. out. There's a comic uh, dude named Chris Brannon who uh, passed away like yesterday. Oh, and shit. like uh, he used to manage one of the comedy underground clubs and like oh, good dude. And he became famous from something else. He was uh, like an activist and a like not an annoying activist, but like he was a kind of political activist guy. And he advocated for the Seattle Supersonics to come back. He went by Sonics guy. That's how most people would know him. Anyway, the shit like a couple people because they knew I knew him have sent me messages and like the the horrible shit that I'm sure he would laugh at also that comics yeah. say about a comic that died yeah is really the like where the like the that's the true thing about like the nerve endings being gone well i think comedians just know that so it dies it's the best opportunity to get a laugh because it's the most somber. <laughs> you know what i mean we're just, we're just we're just trying to have a laugh in the best you know it's it's just a great time to get a laugh you know yeah but uh yeah that's, that's true um that is true but you know i think we're affected by it too we just joke about it you know sure but anyway um i gotta go uh <laughs> <laughs> all right uh do you still take baths i fucking ghosted you by the way i, I really didn't oh, it's okay I, I we had like a vague thing and then it didn't fall through no so this is what this is the deal is uh we had a vague ish thing but it was like the only day that i had available 
oh. for like a couple weeks and then you were like oh no sorry i have to write for the show and i was like oh okay well like that's just gonna be but i told you that that day right i just flaked at the last second. oh i mean i think like uh we had like vague plans i followed up three times and then you told me that day like that day but like right yeah but you followed up and i answered after the third the third attempt at following up something like this i, I might be say, exaggerating slightly I will say this show it is not ghosting if i flaked at the last second it's flaking i didn't go well no 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 no, no. it's ghosting this is now we're getting fucking into it i got 45 more minutes on this my daughter can wait let's just let's just bring it up all right uh it was i think there was multiple like hey dude are we still on for saturdays with no answer really and then on saturday but yeah we we don't we don't talk very much run on so it shouldn't be Oh yeah, there was a coffee tomorrow at eleven thirty-six a.m. Oh, let me get to it. Um, there wasn't multiple. I'll give you there wasn't multiple. We talk. I'm scrolling. There's not that much. You're missing it then, because it's it, on on December eleventh. Coffee tomorrow, eleven thirty-six a.m. I did miss the it. next day, ten fifty-four a.m. Almost a full twenty-four hours later. Wait, shit, I don't have sorry. Not December eleventh. Oh no, Tem- December eleventh. Coffee tomorrow. Okay, two thirty-six p.m. December twelfth. All right, twenty-four hours later. Shit, sorry. Today is no good. I got to write for the show I'm doing. Tomorrow can work. Yeah, uh, a full, full twenty-four hours. Yeah, that's later. not that. But you made it look like I fucking. Hold on. I, that's not that bad. I think there might have been a. No, wait, then I think you ghost me because then you go, ah, I can't do No, I did. That was what I said. How long are you here? Maybe the weekend. You said weekend because you're a fucking retard after (laughs) Christmas. And then I go, yeah, I'm leaving like January for this or that works or free sometime this week. No response. I told you I ghosted you back. I told you that I ghosted you back. Um, By the way, these are the glasses situation. I hope people are watching this on (laughs) They're like, Um, it's a real fucking old lady thing you got going on there. Well, Okay, yeah. So I, I basically didn't. You tried to confirm it the day before, and I took a day to be like, "Sorry, I can't do it." Yeah, I guess that is pretty shitty. Yeah, that's fine. We're still like, I'm not. I, again, this is like the. I know uh, you're not the first comic I've ever uh, been. You know, loose acquaintances with. That, We're friends. Uh, We're fucking friends. Hey, I'm scared to say it. You might fucking We're change your friends. mind in twelve hours. We're fucking friends. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Well, look, I'll be back in Tacoma. We'll, we'll hang out. All right. Glad. That's what I. That's all I wanted to end or this podcast. Or if I flake on you, I'll do it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I just got no. But to me. be fair, you know, shit was complicated. You know, yeah. But I, I did. I would not have done that in normal times. I got you, man. You I, I was just, and you know. First off, the other thing is like I would have done it any day of the week in normal times. But I'm like trying to time out if I get infected by you. Right. Am I, I like, I when's the next time I'm going to see my family? And if I'm going to see them, am I going to fuck them up? You know, like, yeah, we're parents, or, you know, yeah. like, there was a whole tentative thing going on, you know? Yeah. And I hope, did your parents get vaccinated, by the way? They got their first. They're about to get their second. Yeah. Oh, great. That's my, my parents, too. It's such a relief. I know. You, I feel like their vaccination, I mean, I know they say they're delays, but I feel like every old person I know has been vaccinated. So yeah. it's going well. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, man. Well, this is great talking. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we, we talked. We really cleared a lot up. I was never going to talk to you again if this yeah. didn't happen today. So she's like the the <laughs> like a really uh, uh, Louis and Mark Marin, a poor man's Louis and Mark Marin conversation. <laughs>
right. I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All Peace. Right, bye. <laughs>